0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. very special guest, Brad Spielberger. He is the cap genius over at Pro Football Focus. Uh, He's been a go-to for me whenever I'm talking about the cap, either here or on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. So we're going to talk about this Jimmy Garoppolo contract, what it means for the 49ers to hold on to him, to to cut him, to trade him. Uh, What does this contract mean and how does it roll over into 2022 as well? Even if he's not on the roster next year, what the 49ers do with Jimmy this year can really impact what they're able to do with their, I think, 40 or so free agents that they have upcoming, let alone trying to bring anybody else from outside the organization into the 49ers next off season. But, Croc, some news first for practice. Uh, I want to get some stuff out of the way because there's... I mean, and this is going to spill into the quarterback conversation with Brad as well, but um, Mostert apparently has a back injury that... Uh, and, and like Kawan Williams hasn't practiced like I don't know what's going on with some of these injuries, but then Bosa's back on the field and apparently Bosa and D Ford are looking amazing and they're getting a little yeah. bit of teamwork finally for the first time. And we kinda knew that Bosa was gonna be ramping up and we've heard he'd look good in individuals, but uh Bosa's gonna be a problem if he's back and actually quicker than he ever was before. That's what saying. I mean, that is gonna be huge for the forty nine. But do
1: they always defense? say that once a guy like Everybody gets hurt, he always comes says back.
0: that. Yeah, he's faster now after tearing his ACL. Like, really? <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> and then you see him you're like, Oh, looks like a shell of himself actually. <laughs> yeah, and then so
0: um and Tart was activated as well. But he was working in with the twos. Tavon Wilson working with the ones at strong safety, which is interesting. And I didn't realize that Tart was gonna be coming back this soon. Maybe they're making him earn his stripes back to be a starter again and prove he can be healthy. But maybe we will see Tart on the field now in week one. So, uh, definitely some things happening at 49ers practice and t- the team getting pretty serious here. Uh, running backs Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell. Also, we're back at practice. According to Jennifer Lee Chan, we saw uh, Jalen Hurd get back on the field, Javon Kinlaw, Emmanuel Mosley. And uh, yeah, like I said, Nick Bosa, about eight snaps in team drills, which is the most snaps he's gotten in. I think it's the only snaps he's gotten in actual team work so far this offseason. So for the most part, the 49ers getting healthy. And I hope we get to see a little bit of Elijah Mitchell on the field this week with everybody else. And it sounds like Jalen Hurd might try to give it a go and earn himself a roster spot in this preseason game. But all of that pales in comparison, Croc, to what was going on in the 49ers practice field Wednesday At quarterback this wasn't like one series with the ones goes to Jimmy Garoppolo then the next series is Trey Lance they were rolling through like it's a game situation bringing Lance in for Garoppolo as it would happen in a game where they're trying to go to a new quarterback in the middle of one series with Garoppolo coming out Lance coming in and then Lance leaves and Garoppolo comes back in the game is this going to be a two-quarterback offense, Croc? Because that's what it sounds like. That is the direction this thing is going. Jimmy, it's not Jimmy or Trey. It's Jimmy and Trey.
1: I think the best-case scenario, if if you are going to be in a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter, which, uh, you know, if you listen to Kyle Shanahan, it looks like he's leaning towards that way. If that's the case, then, okay, well, we want to see how we get this rookie on the field any way we can. Mixing him in... I just feel like that's not good for Jimmy. Like if Jimmy's going to be the guy, then Jimmy needs to be the guy, right? Like Jimmy needs his time to get in the rhythm because Jimmy is a guy who he can run a little hot and cold. So are you going to bring in a rookie while maybe Jimmy isn't quite in that rhythm? And then the rookie do something spectacular. Then everybody looking like, you know, and then Jimmy's feeling weird. I feel like that can mess with guys' confidence. It can mess with their flow. So I- I'm not a fan of that. If you are going to go with Garoppolo, I feel like you just really need to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then eventually, once Jimmy is secure with this situation, if you want to kind of bring in the rookie at some point and do some things with him, okay, I get it. But, gosh, I don't know. It just seems seems weird, but maybe they've reassured Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, look, don't worry about it. We are going to bring him in here and there, but you are the guy. But I, I just wouldn't like that if I'm a quarterback trying to get in the rhythm.
0: And it's less of a sneak attack if you all of a sudden run Trey Lance onto the field and then run his own read. The defense is be like, Yeah, we that's the thing we planned for you to do when you brought Trey <laughs> Lance onto the field, you know. So it doesn't right. help you as much as if Trey Lance was already in at quarterback, then runs his own read, and it's like, ah oh, gosh dang it, you know, because then it's the change up that you don't see coming, but when you know the change when you see the, the catcher's signs, you kind of know what's happening there. So and it and it would be weird for Trey Lance to come in and throw a few passes. And then Garoppolo comes back in, too. So that'd be weird. So to me, goal line is really the time it makes sense because of his size and athleticism. Trey Lance could be a problem in goal line offense.
1: Has this happened before where, I mean, guys, I mean, we've seen the guys with the contrasting play styles, but it sounds like, I mean, they want to utilize uh, Trey Lance as a pure quarterback. And obviously they want to do the running stuff as well, but have we seen a situation where, a team just brings a guy in and just wants to get him those type of reps. I In my head, I think Mike Vick and Chandler, they did have contrasting uh, play styles, but they would get Mike Vick in a little bit, and they didn't even do that every game. I mean, it only happened like a few games over his rookie year, but doesn't that seem like – I don't know. It, it just – it all seems kind of weird. It really – Listening to Steve Young. Steve Young, I think he said it best. Like, dude, you just got to start the rookie, you know? Like, because now, I mean, we're bringing in and making up all these different dynamics on how this thing is going to work out.
0: And it hurts both quarterbacks. It hurts. I mean, it doesn't help Trey Lance get into a rhythm and be a better NFL quarterback just coming in and playing a play and then running off the field again, you know, maybe it helps with the speed of the game and maybe they can throw some wrinkles in. And I don't know if it'll necessarily hurt him, but it doesn't help him, you know, get his feet under him as an NFL player, just to have one play here and then another play there and maybe not play this week. And then the next week, Shannon sees something with the team and, and wants to have Trey Lance on the field a couple of times. That doesn't make him become a great NFL quarterback to play like that. And, if you're taking it, Garoppolo off the field a lot, like you said, hurts his rhythm too. So maybe it hurts both quarterbacks being the best quarterback they can be by shuffling in and out. You know, So to me, if you're trying to develop the quarterback slowly like that, you go in with Garoppolo, he starts the game, you're kicking the crap out of Detroit, you let Trey Lance play the fourth quarter and get a bunch of snaps right. in a row. Like, that would make more sense if you're trying to have them both play at the same time for development purposes. But if you're trying to win games, which Kyle Shanahan is, and I'm sure he's having fun trying to draw stuff up, I think we're going to see, situationally, Trey Lance coming in a lot and and trying to make something happen with the offense, whether it's big-time throws or, most likely, using his legs quite a bit.
1: I mean, but even then, most NFL games aren't blowouts, right? Like, 90% of the time, I mean, the games are, like, within, like, one score. So I don't know, even that, I guess in that situation, yeah, but like how often would that happen throughout a season?
0: Right. And and you hope it's not the 49ers that are getting blown out when Trey Lance goes in the game, because at that point, why is Jimmy on the roster getting paid twenty four million dollars if, if you're the team that's on the losing end of that? Then the more you see of Lance, the more you start to realize, oh, Jimmy throws a pick, and then it's like, well, Lance is so talented. Why isn't he out there more often? Why isn't he just plain old quarterback? And then you end up having a $25 million backup. And we'll talk about this with Brad
1: in a minute, but either Jimmy's the starter or he doesn't make sense at his salary at all. Right now, everybody's saying Jimmy is the guy. It sounds like Jimmy knows, but what if Jimmy's smiling because he knows, like, well, I'm not the he, guy.
0: That's the thing. Maybe they're all smiling because they know they're <laughs> screwing with everybody and they're all going to be on the field in the first play and then it's just Jimmy's job. That's what makes me think Shanahan and Jimmy wouldn't be smiling if he thought the Trey Lance was going to start and he's going to be sitting on the bench. Right. So anyway, that's, uh, that's fun stuff that we get to speculate about for a couple more weeks and find out what the hell the 49ers are doing. Maybe we'll get some clues this weekend against the Raiders. But right now, let's talk contract situation. How does that factor into Jimmy G's situation with the 49ers, not only this year, but next year. Brad Spielberger coming up next. Joining us now is Brad Spielberger, a friend of the program. You can find him on... Twitter at PFF underscore Brad, and as that handle would make you believe, he is a cap analyst for Pro Football Focus, formerly of OverTheCap.com, and it's always a pleasure to chat with you, Brad, because you have so much knowledge about something that is so hard for me to grasp sometimes and I, I the reason i stopped being an entrepreneur and business major in college is because i went through my first accounting class and i said hell no this is not for me so i'm glad there's people out there like you who are good with the numbers and good at at, at crunching these types of things and understanding uh, the legalese and all the crazy stuff that happens with the collective bargaining agreement in the nfl
2: yeah glad to be back on and uh that's what i'm here for at the end of the day
1: i have a question off bat. Is the salary cap a myth
2: that's a, it's a question I hear all too often. <laughs> I, I would say individual player contracts, as you would know, I think are more of a myth than the salary cap a, at large. So, yeah. like, like, you know, guarantees are kind of a myth and some of that stuff's a myth. But at the end of the day, the cap can definitely bite you if, if you don't, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're sticking with everything and, and being smart about how you spend your money.
0: Were you surprised by what the 49ers did this offseason at quarterback? And do you think they were being smart with their money to keep Jimmy Garoppolo at his $26 million salary while trading multiple draft picks that have monetary value of their own to go up and get a quarterback at number three and keep both of those players? Were were you surprised that this whole thing is played out this way and that Jimmy Garoppolo is actually still on the 49ers?
2: Yeah, I believe I said elsewhere, I think it's one of, if not the biggest surprises for me of the entire offseason. I didn't think it was a guarantee that Garoppolo would be no longer on the 49ers, but I thought potentially they could have approached him for a pay cut because there was so many available quarterbacks this offseason, both in the draft and in free agency or via trade, as we saw, obviously. I think they would have had some decent leverage there to say, hey, look, we don't think you can go find a starting job elsewhere. We can cut your pay from $24.1 million, which is the biggest salary in the NFL this year. Maybe chop that in half. And I think he may have had to consider that and maybe do it. Um, and if not, you know, he has the no trade clause in his contract. So he has some leverage on his side as well. But it is really, really surprising to have both the biggest salary in the NFL and to spend three first-round picks on your quarterback of the future.
0: Do you think the 49ers didn't have an opportunity to trade him? Like no teams wanted a part of that contract? Or do you think it's a situation that the 49ers said, you know what, we want to keep this contract, we want to keep this player because even though we spent all these resources at quarterback, we want to be sure that we have someone who's ready to play right now. And have, has any team in the NFL spent so many resources on the quarterback position to still kind of be like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen here with this position this year?
2: It's a great question. I think because of the way his contract was structured and with the salary cap dropping this offseason down, you know, about $17 million from last year, what happened was a team that would have brought him on would have had to rework his deal. Like even day one of free agency, there were probably five teams that even had $24 million in total cap space. So they would have had to say, hey, look, you got to rework your deal somehow. San Fran has to convert some money into a bonus or something has to happen. Maybe like a Nick Foles last offseason, they kind of reworked his deal to bring him in. And because Garoppolo has that no trade clause, he can kind of block which teams he can go to. But he can also, you know, not agree to do those things and make things easier for a club. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we always hear New England or maybe a Chicago made a phone call or two. But I think, yeah, I I don't think anything ever truly materialized.
0: We got to talk about the future of Jimmy Garoppolo. What are the options right now? It looks like maybe they're both going (laughs) to play. We're talking about a lot of that stuff on today's episode. Depending on who starts, is it Jimmy Garoppolo for half the season? Is it Trey Lance week one? Is it Trey Lance week eight? Like, There's so many different possibilities for this. Do you keep jimmy around and then you boot him halfway through the season do you try to trade him before the deadline like what do you think the actual plan is here with that what's where's the smart money going on this one with the 49ers it
2: really does seem like they're playing it you know day to day week to week I think depending how he plays and of course he has a good roster around him um, that defense should be a good again but potentially even better with you know Nick Bosa back in the fold you have that offense he's settling into of course he still doesn't you know hasn't played He's played one season in his career where he's played more than six games. So he's still kind of, you know, needs to show what he can do with a full season. The one time he did it, he made a Super Bowl. So I think it really does depend how he performs going forward. Um, a deadline deal could be interesting. Maybe there's a good team that is on a good run, but has an injury or something like that. And, th- and they feel inclined to make a move. I would be surprised if we see the full Mahomes where, you know, Trey Lance doesn't play until week 16 or 17, really just because, you know, the team had already clinched a playoff spot. Um, But I suppose it is possible. I mean, the NFC is not super strong. Yes, the NFC West is is great. Um, But maybe that's how it plays out.
1: So, Brad, I don't expect this to happen. But what if the 49ers just flat out said, you know what? We want to cut you, Jimmy Garoppolo. Would that immediately free up that $24 million or whatever? And also, would the 49ers be able to carry that amount over to next year? So it not only frees up the money that they would have had to pay them this year, but also the money – he, they would have had to pay him next year, which would accumulate to dang near fifty million dollars.
2: The second point is is the money point right there, one hundred and ten percent. They could carry over that entire twenty four million dollars in the next year, which is a huge amount of money. I mean, if Nick Bosa has a you know a third season like his first, you're probably talking about giving him close to thirty million dollars a year. Obviously, other good players on this roster potentially due for new contracts. That money is so valuable, or recouping that cap space, I should say, is is super valuable. Not just for this year, but yes, to roll it over into next year. And that's why it's been so shocking to me. They haven't at least explored getting back, you know, half of that.
0: That's insane. That's crazy because that's they're going to need a lot of that money next year. They've got, I think, forty free agents or something like that. I've I've got. I uh,
1: I think a lot of people just assume like all that money is just like whatever he was supposed to make this year. Like, it's just gone. And that's not the case. I mean, if they were to just cut him tomorrow, which, again, I don't see them doing that. It sounds like they're excited about him. Kyle Shanahan kind of alluded to who his starter might be. and You know, obviously everybody's saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, no way they cut him. But I just wanted to know, and I was in a group chat last night and guys were asking that question. What would happen if they just cut him? Is that just wasted money? And it sounds like, no, is that they actually just gained a ton of money?
2: Yep, 100. And especially when you talk about you bring the trade in for Lance as well. The one thing that's so valuable about draft picks beyond just getting a really talented player in the first round is also the surplus value you can get on a really good player. I mean, like a Nick Bosa, for example. Right now, the guy is making probably 20 million dollars less than what he's actually worth. So you don't have that for the next two years because of the trade, and so you have you're you're not wasting, but you know you have 24 million dollars that maybe could be spent elsewhere. And you don't have first-round picks to add talent, you know, on discount deals. So it's it's a very interesting and, and I would say bold, you know, way to go about it.
0: Yeah,
1: they're gonna. Do have they to... expect the salary cap to go up a good amount? Because it sounds like people are thinking there's going to be this huge jump in cap uh, come next off season.
2: The huge jump will be twenty twenty three. So next year they already set a cap on how high it could go. Um, the max is two hundred eight million. So which would be a big jump, I and mean, that's twenty six million dollars above this year, but. The huge jump when the TV money and the gambling money and all that will come in is 2023.
0: That's crazy. So, yeah, the 49ers would be smart to figure something out with Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. And I think you're right. Once it's pretty clear that Trey Lance is going to play and the fact that they're already subbing him in and out on you know play-to-play basis right now uh, in camp practices, sounds like even if Trey Lance doesn't start, he's going to be on the field and playing and maybe a Taysom Hill role or some sort of a a role as a part-time player for the 49ers. And look, he's gonna he's too talented to keep off the field at a certain point, even though he's going to be a rookie this year, whether he's a starter starting in week eight or whatever. So at that point, paying a full $26 million to a backup quarterback just doesn't make sense on any level. So I'm with you. I think at some point it would make a lot of sense. And maybe they're saving it for that last week. And uh, who knows, maybe there's a ton of things that get happening around the league as far as uh, different contracts and things during that week leading up to the season. We've already seen one with Robbie Anderson today. Maybe they've got that already in the works where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in a little bit lower salary, make everybody feel a little better. Jimmy Garoppolo can rehab his image a little bit, start some games this year, look good, get himself paid later, rather than just getting cut completely because in the long run, maybe it'll end up making him more money by taking a little bit less this year. And obviously the Niners would then be able to do some other things and uh, and, and roll over some money to next year. Speaking of, Next year, Brad, are there any good candidates for the 49ers to re-up somebody before the season starts?
2: It's funny you mention it, because I actually shot you a message a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think the one name that jumps out to me is, is Laken Tomlinson, uh, left guard. I understand they just spent a second rounder on, what was it, Aaron Banks, I believe is his name. Um, you know, uh, on interior offensive lineman, a pretty premier pick for an interior offensive lineman. But I think... You know, you have a really good guard, been there for a long time. Yes, you just gave Trent Williams a, a ton of money. And yes, Mike McGlinchey at right tackles is, is looking for a new contract next offseason as well. Um, but if you look at it from this perspective, Weston Richburg kind of cleared some money up. They probably thought they were going to be paying at center, no longer paying him. Tomlinson's been a very good player for the 49ers for a couple of years now. You know, former first-round talent, obviously a bit older, but not not crazy old. I think he jumps out as the most obvious candidate. And then just because you posed that, I got to do a shout out. Um, you guys know better than I do, but everything I see on Twitter is about my fellow Vandy guy, Trent Sherfield. I keep seeing his name <laughs> all day long on Twitter. So if he's killing it, I think he's a guy where you could maybe, you know, nothing crazy, but you give him a little re-up. You keep him around for a couple more years um, and a nice little extension. If he has solidified himself as a back end, you know, wide receiver for this team.
1: I've seen the 49ers do that. What they do with Jeremy Curley? Where I, I mean, they right. ended up letting right. him go, anyways. But I think they kind of re-up his contract, extended it to some extent.
2: That, that or was it right. Kawan Williams
1: right. too, right? I the know K-1 K-1 got something.
0: Sure. I know last year, right before the season started, they did a deal with Raheem Mostert for for two years. So now Mostert's going into the last year of his deal. It would really seem with what they've done, they drafted two running backs this year. Really feel like that's the place where they're going to try to save some money next year and let. Raheem Mostert tests the free agent market. Um, You got DJ Jones. I think the big one is probably Jason Verrett because the 49ers don't have a ton of depth there. They have a couple of rookies, but I don't know how ready they're going to be to play. If they're going to be big time starters in the NFL and Jason Verrett played at a, a high level last year, but he has all the injury history as well. And I think that's why we saw him come back on a one year deal. But if he stays healthy again and plays like he did last year, maybe he would be in line for a big deal. What kind of a contract would someone like Jason Verrett get do you think next year?
2: Yeah, 100%. Like you said, he came back for one year, five and a half million, which was definitely a good chunk below what I projected him at. Just based on his production, he's a very good corner. Obviously, like you said, the, you know, the laundry list of injuries makes it tough for a team, I think, to invest on a multi-year basis there. It does sound like, I believe he had a quote saying that there was a team that was offering multi-year, but he it wasn't at the, you know, the number he wanted. So he was like, I'll take a bet on myself again, stay healthy again for a full campaign, play well, and then maybe – um, you know, can re up here or elsewhere. So that could be a scenario where let's say he's, you know, he's killing it through the first, you know, 12 weeks of the season looks good, looks healthy. Everything looks good. And they say, all right, we now think that, you know, we're comfortable doing this. I still think you're probably not getting anywhere beyond like, you know, 12, 13 million per year. You maybe do like a three year, $35 million deal, something like that. Um, I don't think you really break the bank there just cause now, you know, what, he's in his late twenties at this point. Um, and you still kind of have those question marks at all times, but look, if he plays like he did last year and everything is kind of looking solid, I don't see why not.
0: It'd be really helpful to have some of that $24 million next year for the (laughs) 49ers to sign some of their 40 free agents, not having a first round pick for the next two years. Do you guys have a dollar amount value on what a first round pick is?
2: It's actually a good good question. Something we're working on right now is, is building a, a pick value for every single pick. I mean, there's a million different ways to look at it, but um, you know, I would say if you want to compare it to the veteran market, like the the better way to look at it is like I discussed before, where you know a a player, let's say the third overall pick, is getting paid about eight million dollars a year. The production that you generally get from that player over his first four rookie four rookie years, and the contract he generally gets on his second deal you're probably saving about six, seven million. So like you could say the pick is worth like $15 million per year of the actual production. And you're only paying about half of that for for the player themselves. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're super valuable.
0: That's crazy. Very interesting team right now with the San Francisco 49ers, Brad, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. You fill in so many holes for us when we have questions about a lot of the stuff that happens in the off season, a lot of the stuff that happens with contracts in the NFL and that CBA only gets longer and longer, right? The pages just keep growing on that thing. So I'm glad there's people like you around to help us out and, and help the, the lay people out here figure out what's going on with these NFL contracts.
2: Of course, of course. I'll, I'll leave with this note, just something I pulled up really quickly before we jumped on. There have been 42 quarterbacks taken in the top 15 since 2000. 16 of those 42 guys started in week one. And on average, they started week four between week four and week five. So, I mean, these guys start early, and that trend has been going more and more towards earlier and earlier. So, I, I think there will be, you know, we'll find something out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get back to reading the, the good old CBA, and I appreciate you having me back on. <laughs> it's
0: fantastic. Yeah. Week four or five, that sounds about right. Look, all I care about, I, I understand if Jimmy Garoppolo starts for the 49ers this year, Trey Lance came from FCS level, 21 years old. Let him figure it out slowly a little bit. Uh, you don't have to let him sit all year long. But for me, it's all about week eight. If Justin Fields isn't starting for the Bears and if Trey Lance isn't starting for the 49ers, when those two teams face off in week eight, I'm going to have a big problem. I'm going to riot.
2: You and i well, both a Bears fans, so you don't, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that's a good one. In fact, Crocky and I are talking about going and being that one in person. So, Brad, we'll, we'll share a beverage if you're going to be there as well.
2: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. That is Brad Spielberger. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Really appreciate the time, Brad. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you guys.
0: It's that time of year again. All eyes back on the NFL getting ready for the start of this 2021 season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including... The half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet Online is the fastest. Easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and get yourself a 100 welcome bonus promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Croc, what do we think about that. It's that's a huge factor in all of this that nobody's really talking about is rolling over 24 million dollars to next year's salary cap when you don't have draft picks. I mean, if if it's a if it's a tie, goes to Jimmy Garoppolo because he's the Incumbent starter. He's the veteran. You're a team that's trying to win now. Uh, I think twenty rolling over $24 million is a huge tiebreaker the other way to try to trade Jimmy for whatever you can get, cut Jimmy, whatever you have to do to save $24 million to roll that over. And if they were, if they had been, let's put it this way, I... I Hold on to him. Ask him to take a pay cut if you want to keep him. You know, that makes sense. I think that's a really good plan from from Brad and a really good idea and something that could be somewhat likely for the 49ers to try to do if it's pretty clear that Trey Lance is going to play a lot this year and they have some time before the season starts to do that. But when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo and his value to the 49ers, if they're turning down trade offers, that's kind of crazy, right? Because you could get a pick for him, roll over $24 million, and the biggest benefit of all is what we've been talking about, right? Is letting Trey Lance get
1: the thing he needs most, which is reps. I The issue is, and why our logic is a little flawed, is because most people, and I feel like Kyle Shanahan included, feels like this team is ready to win a Super Bowl right now. It's that caliber roster. My thought process obviously has been a little different, as I've noted previously on the show, that I feel like Trey Lance playing at his highest level gives the 49ers a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Jimmy Garoppolo can. And I strongly feel like Jimmy G, obviously we've seen him go to the Super Bowl. We've seen the 49ers up in the Super Bowl and should have won. It still is like pouring salt in my wounds, like just bringing that up. But you you look at that and what the 49ers needed to get there and how good the 49ers defense had to be with Jimmy and his kind of inconsistent play at times, right? Now he did have some high, very high moments in that season, a couple games, but if you really just kind of go through and watch those games for what it is, a lot of average play there, right? So I look at it in the sense of if Jimmy is going to be more so average or what he has been realistically in a game where you don't get a chance to stop throwing the ball or in a game where you don't, have a chance to only run, uh, throw the ball eight times in the entire game to reach the Super Bowl, what do you need to win? And I think it's someone that just takes your offense to higher heights. So I look at we need to do everything possible to get Trey Lance ready, and that would include him having all the reps this year. Now, we talked about the money that it would free up trading or releasing a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, which they won't do, but if they were to do it, we're talking about $24 million this year, rolling that over to next year and adding that to the amount that he would not get next year as well, We're talking about close to $50 million. So if you get Trey Lance in there right now, and he has this whole season, he takes his ups and downs, and you see high moments, you see some low moments, but you see it coming together, and you're encouraged by what you're seeing towards the end of the year. And you throw $50 million towards the roster on just – Big time players to help you on a legit Super Bowl run for the next two years. Like, what does that look like? And that's what I'm I'm thinking probably a little more big picture, and fans won't like to hear that. But if just say I'm just an outsider, that's the direction I would probably go. But I also probably would get fired because maybe the owner wouldn't like that.
0: <laughs> to me, I know I think the owner would love that because it's it was the opposite. The 49ers had to go. To ownership and be like, hey, is it cool if we also do this trade and keep Garoppolo as, as insane as that sounds to spend all these resources on the quarterback position? Because that's what I keep <laughs> that's what keeps blowing my mind is the 49ers right now, and you still don't know exactly how good the quarterback play is going to be for the 49ers, yet they've spent more resources than any team has ever on their quarterback room. When you combine the trade up, the multiple picks, and what you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo. To still be in a little bit of an unknown place at quarterback in the short term is, and the long term because we don't know how good Trey Lance is going to end up being. But uh, I'm sure the more he plays, the better. You don't want to ruin the guy by playing him too early either, though. Like, is there anything for you? Like, because if he goes out there, it, because he's seen vanilla stuff so far in practice and even in preseason games, and he's had some really rookie moments. If he goes out there against like a bad team, like the Detroit Lions, you would expect that Trey Lance could go win and Kyle Shanahan would put together a game plan where he only throws five times and they still can win that game. Nate Sudfeld should be able to go out and beat the Detroit Lions with the for the 49ers, right? <laughs> in week one. That that's the Lions are not good. They're the worst team in the NFL. Or maybe second behind the Texans. But those two teams are the worst teams in the NFL. If if Trey Lance goes out there and just, you know, throws a couple picks and, and loses the game, like could Could that start to weigh on a young man, a 21-year-old, and maybe give him second thoughts? And could you ruin a guy's development by putting him out there too early? And is that worth $24 million?
1: I think this team and Kyle Shanahan is too good for Trey Lance to just have just terrible outings. You know, like, we again, we watched these other quarterbacks that don't have half the talent as Trey Lance, and they were at the very least, serviceable. We watched C.J. Bethard go toe-to-toe <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football. You know, like, so I, I think, like, worst-case scenario, it is kind of like, okay, it can go really the other way. But at the end of the day, like, what is too far left? Because when you look at a lot of these guys that are coming in and being drafted, some of the guys that now have success, some of them had to go through the lumps, right? I mean, and we keep bringing up Josh Allen, and maybe he's an anomaly. But, I mean, you look at it, it, it couldn't be worse. Like, he was a 52% completion percentage guy his rookie year, 58% his second year. Like, just starting off, like, what it looks like throwing the ball, bad misses. I'm not talking about inaccurate passes. I'm talking about bad misses, like sailing balls, like out of bounds, all these crazy things. It didn't ruin him. So, I think a lot of it too has to do with who is the player in his head? Is he somebody that has the mental makeup to be able to work through situations like that. Now, again, this is all hypothetical right now, but I do feel like any quarterback that comes in and maybe they're not at their best or not close to their best, this is still the perfect situation to be that in because you still have all these other things to help you get through the season and games.
0: And what I think about is the way the 49ers won in the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl. And you mentioned Bethard. remember how how good that looked, having him run some zone reads, and he's not an athlete, he's a, he's a fine, he's an okay athlete for a quarterback, but he's not Trey Lance, right. the 49ers could literally go out there and beat a lot of football teams in this league by barely throwing the ball, and barely putting a lot on Trey Lance's shoulders as far as just, you know, commanding the team through the air, and, and making a ton of big plays but then his big arm with play action like run 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 with Lance zone read all these looks that Kyle Shanahan could could, should, could draw up and then you know some short little slants and little stuff here then boom boom play action bomb down the field like I really think a rookie Trey Lance a, even a, a kind of not ready yet rookie Trey Lance that we've seen would be a problem for a lot of NFL teams and that that with what with what else is going on with the 49ers roster that could be a playoff team
1: even if he's Kyle not Shanahan ready had more than- Kyle, more than anyone, knows how to make it work. Again, RG3 was not the most refined passer, but he was very talented, and he they got in a groove and made it to the playoffs. And this team is probably more talented than that Washington football team in 2012 or whatever that was. So, I just look at it from that standpoint. And again, we're talking about RG3, who was like Heisman Trophy winner. And I mean, you know, so just the reps and that kind of the resume of what they're coming into this season with is not on the same level. RG3 was like, he was balling. But from a talent perspective, you are getting a lot of similarities and abilities, maybe not as fast, but maybe a better passer for Trey Lance. So, there's just things that I feel like help Trey Lance along the way. Again, this is all hypothetically speaking. But I'm just kind of looking down the line a little bit more so than just this year. And even then, I feel like, why couldn't the 49ers make the playoffs with Trey Lance this year? Like, do people think it's that much of a jump? I I mean, I don't don't think so.
0: And it sounds like the 49ers are going to be putting Trey Lance in, whether he's starting – or not. So we might see a lot of Jimmy and a lot of Trey Lance this year. That's going to be really interesting. I wonder if they'll show a little bit of their hand in this last tune-up preseason game, or we're going to have to wait for Detroit to see how they unleash Trey Lance if he does go on the field. And who knows, maybe it's play number one, Jimmy and Trey both starting uh, the <laughs> season for the 49ers. We'll see how it goes, but we're out of time here. Thanks again to Brad Spielberger for joining the show. Find him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Brad. Come back, talk to Croc and I daily. As we get ready for the 2021 season, start previewing that week three preseason game against the Raiders right here. Locked on 49ers.